0: Hello, and welcome to the pilot episode of the Wharton Fintech podcast. Uh, The purpose, I suppose, of, of this initial episode is to work out any kinks or bugs, make sure I know how to use the recording equipment, and hopefully also provide some content that is of value and is interesting to our core audience, which in the case of this episode, is the student body at Wharton and Penn at large. So the topic of today's discussion is gonna be FinTech recruiting and FinTech internships. I have a couple of my MBA classmates here with me and we're gonna have a short discussion about our experiences over the summer, how we got those positions, and what it was like working for various FinTech startups. So I'm going to begin by introducing myself, and I'll let my uh, my guests here jump in and introduce themselves as well. So my name is Daniel Macaulay. I am a second year MBA student, uh, majoring in entrepreneurial management, marketing, and behavioral analytics. I spent my summer interning at a company called Wealthfront, uh, a fintech startup in Palo Alto. California, and I'm going to be going back there um, full-time after Wharton.
1: Hi guys, my name is Eva Wei. I'm also a second year at MBA, and this summer I interned at Ernest, a fintech startup in San Francisco. Um, I was in a marketing role, and I will be exploring further options afterwards, even though I really enjoyed my summer.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Sasha DeBruyboff, uh, also a second year here at Wharton. This summer, I was at a fintech startup called NerdWallet, also based in San Francisco, California. And at NerdWallet, I was on the business operations team, um, working with our small business and business development groups.
0: Cool. So let's jump right in. Um, I'll probably start talking about my experience, Um, in case I didn't mention before, I was on the data science team at Wealthfront. Um, I was working for a guy named Roberto Medri. Roberto is uh, a 2011 Wharton MBA grad. Uh, He was the first data science uh, hire at Wealthfront. Before he did that, he was at Etsy. And uh, I started talking to Roberto uh, in January of this year And um, had a great rapport with him. And um, I went out interviewed with the team at Wellfront. Um, It happened, as usual, to be a sunny day in Palo Alto. And uh, I fell in love with the place and the company and the role and got very excited. Um, So anyway, I spent my summer there working on a few different things, which is pretty typical of a data science role. Um, I was working on helping the executive team answer strategic questions about investing in different distribution channels for the product. I was working on projects that were internal facing, so helping different teams within the company um, track metrics and um, dissect the the drivers of those metrics and try and make better decisions based on data that we have about what we're doing internally. And I also did some more marketing related work, uh, which was around the impact of um, our blog content on the behavior of our users and also the demographics of our users and their likelihood to interact with that content. So I got I got a pretty broad um, pretty broad set of exposures this summer. Um, and as I mentioned before, that's pretty typical of data science. It's a support role. Um, you are helping other teams and other, Um, colleagues within the company answer questions uh, about what they're doing in their specific domain. And actually, before I go any further, I should probably give a little bit more background exactly on what Wealthfront does. Uh, Wealthfront is an automated investing service. So we help um, average people uh, invest their money uh, for retirement using algorithms rather than human financial advisors. And what that means is that it's a much lower cost service than a traditional uh, financial advisor, and because it's so much cheaper, we can afford to provide this service, this product, to clients that have much smaller accounts. So while a financial advisor at um, you know a, a, a traditional shop uh, like Charles Schwab or Merrill Lynch might uh, you know only take on clients that have fifty or a hundred thousand dollars in assets you only need $500 to open a Wealthfront account. And the, the service is provided entirely by software, entirely by algorithms. Um, if you don't want to, you never have to interact with a human being. You have full control over um, your experience and your portfolio through the online app or the mobile app. Um, so it's uh, an example of an area in fintech where the technology is making the product and service uh, you know, exponentially cheaper. Um, it's an area within fintech, I think, that is potentially going to be disrupted in the true sense of the word. It's a really exciting place to be. And uh, I think Wealthfront is the leader in this automated investing space, which is why I decided to go there for the summer.
1: Hey, guys. So, Earnest is also a fintech startup, and they are are more on the lending side. So they offer personal loans and student loan refinancings, at least for now. But they have a broader vision, something that was actually really inspirational to me in my job search of building the bank of the modern generation. So the company aims to serve the underbanked and the financially responsible. And we're starting off with loans. So much like our competitors, SoFi and Common Bond, um, we target uh, students that are financially responsible, that are able to pay down their debt, but they have also a lot of potential. So we're able to offer them lower rates than what, say, Sally May or the federal government um, has been charging. So for marketing, the role was very broad. When I joined, I was the third member of the marketing team. So my role varied a lot from growth and acquisition to analytics to PR and communications. So for example, I structured marketing and advertising campaigns with new sponsors such as Pandora and iHeartMedia. I also... Um, worked with Poets and Quants to write an article that was later picked up by Fortune and Quartz about how our M- our small company of, I think, 70 at the time when I joined, had eight MBA interns. So it, 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 you do find that even though these companies are small, they recognize the value of an MBA.
2: Cool. Thanks, Eva. Uh, Some more background on NerdWallet. So NerdWallet is a personal financial education company helping consumers and small businesses make more educated financial decisions, um, especially life's big financial challenges. For example, opening a credit card, applying for a personal loan, um, buying a car or a a house. Um, And the company aims to do this through content, recommendations, advice, and uh, advisor channels. Um, so my experience there was, was, a really, was really cool. Um, I really liked, liked the company there and the people that I worked with. Um, as a business operations intern, my role ranged from very operational day-to-day um, activities all the way through longer-term strategic vision and planning. Um, so, for example, you know, I'd help out with executional improvements to our website that would be reflected within a week or two of us making those edits, um, as well as the working on the long-term strategic vision for what business-to-business partnerships would look like for the company. So, it really, ranged the gamut of you know, short- or long-term activities. Um, really like the business operations role. Um, really like the company, NerdWallet, and San Francisco, in, as a whole, was a phenomenal place to work for the summer. So hoping to, uh, to, end there, uh, to end back there after graduation.
0: Great. So now that we've provided a little bit of background on ourselves and what we were doing and the companies we were at, let's make this a little bit more conversational um, and try and tease out some of the lessons to be learned about startup recruiting, you know, fintech in general. But I think that a lot of what the three of us learned over the last, you know, 12 months about landing a spot at one of these, um, high quality startups. Um, you know, we, we, we've learned a lot here and we can probably provide some, some wisdom to, to the first years that are looking to do something similar. Um, so Eva, why don't you jump in and tell us like how you actually got the job?
1: Sure. So Ernest actually posted to the job board at Wharton and That's how I found the opportunity, and that's the path that I took. So, gratefully, I had a relatively easy path, but some thoughts in general about enterprise recruiting. Um, With established recruiting, everything is very concentrated, so everything's going on concurrently at the same time, and you'll receive all your offers at the same time as well, and you're able to kind of be able to differentiate between those offers and decide what you want. On the other hand, enterprise recruiting is definitely a lot more spread out. And what I didn't think about when I was going through it was that you also kind of want to be more targeted in your advertising um, in terms of time because once you receive your offer, I believe Wharton gives you two weeks to respond. So if you stretch out your applications, you might not have as many options before your offer expires. So that's one point of advice would be to not, you know, apply to one thing every other week because once you do get an offer in hand, you kind of want to evaluate your other options as well.
2: So it's all about timing. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is all about timing. And, you know, from from my experience recruiting for NerdWallet and a couple other companies in the fintech space, um, you know, the process can take as quickly as a week or it can take more than five weeks you know, from the starting the interview process and receiving an offer. Um, so you really just do have to be careful of how much time you have left in the school year and which companies are your top priorities and you know, how long potentially those interview processes could take. Um, in the case of NerdWallet, uh, I met them first when we did our FinTech trek to San Francisco last February. Um, we met with a number of companies. Nerd Wallet was one of them. Um, you know, their CEO and their COO shared the vision of the company with us, uh, gave us some snacks, some lunch, showed us their office. Um, and at that it's point, it's a I was, nice office. By it's the a way. nice office. It is. Um, and at that point, I was like, "Hey, this seems like a really place, good place to potentially work for the summer." So I don't know. I got in touch with their recruiter um, and started the process, rolling from there. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, it took about four to five weeks from when I first made contact with the recruiter and decided to put my application into the, uh, into the interview process um, throughout you know, me doing the, the few phone interviews uh, and uh, receiving the offer. So I think you know, in terms of FinTech recruiting, the one piece of advice I would get is start early, um, you know, create a, a target list of companies that you'd like to potentially work for. Um, join the fintech club and attend the treks, because I think the, tech, the, the treks are incredibly beneficial in getting to see kind of a, a glimpse into the life of these companies. Um, and then once you kind of narrow down your list, you know, pursue and, uh, and attack those positions aggressively.
0: So before I, before I jump in and, and give some background on my story, I just want to uh, piggyback on what Sasha said about lists. So one of the companies we went to visit uh, last spring out in, uh, in in the Bay Area was Mattermark. So Mattermark is um, a private company data and analytics platform, and so the, their their primary users are are investors that are looking to find early stage companies to invest in, and also you know B two B service companies that are looking to find um, companies that are just big enough to need their products and services. But one use for their product that I think Students should take advantage of is recruiting, startup recruiting specifically. So, if you want to narrow down the universe of companies in the Bay Area, in fintech, from Series A to Series D within certain uh, fintech verticals, then the Mattermark database can help you do that. And it'll give you a list of every possible company that you might want to work for. And from there, you can begin to do a little bit of high level research and start to narrow down the kind of companies that um, have a mission and vision and product and are going after a market in a way that gets you excited. Um, that way you can start, as Eva mentioned, all these companies, you know, in, in this sort of recruiting and identification process at the same time. So just a small plug there for one of the, one of the cool (laughs) companies we work with, I know they do uh, a 30 day trial, um, and it's opt in at the end. So there's, there's no risk of, uh, of getting re- re- recurred, uh, recurred billings if you don't pay attention to it. It was a super viable tool for me. And it's been a really great tool for Wharton FinTech as an organization to identify some of the companies we want to work with. The other tool that I'll probably end up talking about at some point is Twitter. But before I go off on a tangent, um, I'll give some more background on my recruitment process. Um, so I got to campus last year, um, along with Sasha and some other people, founded Wharton FinTech. And because of that, I spent a tremendous amount of time talking to a lot of startups in the fintech space, um, and investors and people in innovation, innovation groups at larger financial institutions. But I don't know, I probably talked to a few hundred different startups over a six or seven month period. Uh, and I kind of assumed that one of those conversations would lead to uh, a summer offer. Um, I figured it was a numbers game. Um, so I didn't really spend a whole lot of time um, on the job board or I didn't really rely on the resources the school explicitly laid out to help me find a summer position. However, I ended up at Wellfront because I got an introduction to my now boss from Maria Halpern, who's responsible for startup recruiting on the West Coast. So it was, if I'm not mistaken, the only introduction that she actually made for me not cuz she wasn't being helpful because i never asked. Um but it was the it was the first introduction she made and it was the company i ended up going to work for. Um now the thing about startup recruiting is that the time frames for these companies are much longer than than mature recruiting. So a startup might not, you know, probably doesn't want to make an offer to you until they really know they're going to need you and that means you're not getting an offer till March or April or May, some people even later, but i think the median is around April if i'm not mistaken. Um However, I had also submitted my application to Google and had an offer to go work there. Um, and I had really only just started the interview process with Wealthfront. Um, so I had a three week deadline on Google and that actually helped um, accelerate the process on Wealthfront's end. So I'm not, uh, I'm not saying you should use that as a strategy. However, you know, there are ways, if a company really wants to hire you and it's a really solid fit, for them to uh, make a decision sooner rather than later. Um, but I did think it was kind of funny that the one introduction they made was the super high quality one mm-hmm. and ended up working out. <laughs> um, so you should definitely, definitely um, build this sort of organic search yourself. Use Mattermark to build lists, um, set up Google alerts for the companies and the industries that you're interested in learning about, and stay up to date on what's going on. Um, you know, Write a blog post for the Wharton FinTech blog or do some research and join us on the podcast sometime to talk about a company or industry that you're really interested in, because a lot of these startups are going to get um, inbound from MBA students looking for jobs. And, you know, there's typically not a job opening. I mean, in, in, in the case of you, Eva, there's, there was an explicit job opening on the job board. But a lot of us have to sort of make up our job mm-hmm. or convince a startup that they should hire an MBA, right. which is what Maria... And Michelle and the rest of MBA career management is trying to do. They're trying to help these startups understand the value proposition of bringing an MBA, MBA on the team. But if you've done a bunch of research and you've published an article, you've been on the podcast and people are paying attention to what you have to say, you have a really unique um, selling point to the company to say, hey, look, I'm, I'm, more, I'm intrinsically interested in what you're doing. This is the kind of stuff that gets me excited and fired up. And- Right. You know, you guys will 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 I sure agree with this. From the startup founders you've talked to, one of the most important things that they're looking for in the people they hire, aside from having the skills necessary to do the job they're looking for, is a real passion and intensity and love for what the company's doing. Because if you're trying to build a startup and you're trying to IPO and turn it into a real business, that takes a very long time. It doesn't happen overnight, and you need to hire people that want to stick around for a while and make that dream a reality with you. so you need to be able to convince people that you're convinced that what they're doing is the right thing. And those are some of the ways I think you can do that. Um, what, what other kinds of opportunities were you guys looking at besides NerdWallet and Earnest?
1: Uh, so I really focused my search on marketing because, well, as of now, I'm a marketing major, and I wanted to really understand what that meant in a functional sense. So I did finance before, and I wanted to do something different. Um, but before going completely different, I thought that fintech would be like a really great segue between financing and technology. So I was also um, interviewing at, I interviewed at like an e-commerce startup, um, other fintech companies, but still tech-focused.
2: I think for me, um, I, I knew I wanted to be in fintech, but I was more concerned about the actual uh, location of the company, uh, more so than the role or the, um, the mission or the actual you know, type of company it was. So, you know, really wanted to be out in San Francisco for the summer. That had been one of my goals coming into business school is to try living out there and working in, a, in the Bay Area for, for a startup type company just to experience and see if that was kind of a professional and, and cultural and personal fit for me. Um, so when I was looking at companies, you know, kind of le- less worried about the role that I would play or the type of company it was, as long as it was fintech and based in the Bay Area. Um, so when looking at offers, you know, NerdWall was kind of in the, the, the medium or the middle stage uh, of startup that I was looking at. I was looking at companies that were much smaller, um, as well as kind of you know big corporations all the way up to Apple to do Apple Pay. Um, and then, you know, ended up at NerdWallet because I, f- I found that there was kind of the, the perfect fit of not quite super small startup, but a company that was still the startup slash growth phase. You know, it was based in the in San Francisco, had a really cool culture, good people, um, and I could identify with their mission.
0: So you guys had a strategy going in and a plan, and you had other opportunities, and that's a big part, I think, of being able to identify the right. The right role for the summer, right?
2: Yeah, and I think it helps to have you know different companies that you're applying for, and hopefully different offers that you can compare, contrast, and potentially even leverage against each other. Um, Knowing that you have different offers, I think that gives you kind of uh, a sense of confidence, in and seeking what you truly want to do for the summer. Um, One other point I'll make is just to leverage the Wharton alumni network. Um, You know, we're still as a school and as an institution growing um, in fintech and startups in the west coast and so forth but you're seeing more and more uh, wharton alums be actively engaged in this space and in this industry Um, for example you know we as fintech club have a really strong relationship with prosper which is a leading p2p lender based in san francisco Um, they have a number of wharton alums on their executive team all the way through their their management and their analyst teams Um, and that you know they hosted us for the sf track we did a study project with them and you know when they wanted to post for MBA internships, you know, they are the, uh, we were the first uh, organization that they turned to. Um, so making sure you develop your alumni relations um, and just reaching out to alumni who are at these companies and are at these startups um, will definitely give you a leg up as you begin your internship search.
0: Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that as well. Um, the alumni thing is really important. But I think there's another, um, there's another angle here, which is specific to FinTech in that um, you know, a lot of MBA students, and this is, this is true at Wharton, and from what I can tell, it's true at other business schools, want to go into tech. They want to go into startups. And for a lot of companies, you have to make the, the sell. You have to convince them they want to hire an MBA. And the reason is that you know, a very early stage company in tech doesn't need the skill set that an MBA has. They, just, they need really good engineering talent. And as their product develops, and hopefully they find product market fit, they now have different problems to tackle, right? They've got business problems they need to deal with. And so that's when they start thinking about, or that's when they start actually bringing MBAs on board for internships and, and for full-time roles. And so you have this kind of sweet spot where the company's not so small that they don't need you, but it's also not so big that it's not really a startup anymore. And you don't get all of the, the benefits um, or like all of the, the attractions that we have for going to work for these kinds of companies. And so finding that sweet spot is challenging. So the argument that we've made for Warren FinTech is that in the realm of startups that are that are tackling um, verticals within traditional finance that are trying to disrupt, again, in the true sense of the word, a lot of the existing financial institutions, you actually have skill sets that are valuable earlier on. Because the hurdles that these firms are dealing with aren't necessarily related to the technical challenges that they're undertaking. They're related to the regulatory issues. They're related, uh, they are related to um, the people issues and a lot of the business challenges that you have to deal with when you're, when you're operating in the world of finance. So being at a finance school, um, having a background in finance or consulting can actually make you viable to one of these companies earlier on. And so it's your job as a student, as a you know, prospective employee, to try and convey that value and explain how your specific domain knowledge and experience means you can hit the ground running and add value to a company over the summer. You're going to be there for, I think the median internship is about 10 weeks. And when you're talking to a startup, they don't necessarily have a, an internship program. And if they do, it's probably aimed at engineers. So they don't necessarily know what to do with you. You're going to have to figure out what it is you want to do that summer and how you're going to add value and why they should be paying you anything at all to be there. And figuring out how your prior experience fits and um, how your, your, your previous life fits with, the, with this new startup is, I think, easier to do in the realm of fintech. Um, so we're at about 25 minutes. We don't want to go much longer. Why don't we close by uh, each of us giving one piece of advice First year, something that they can do right now. As soon as they hit stop on this podcast, what's the first thing they should go do um, to help them get this awesome internship next summer?
2: So, the advice that I would give is just to start making your list now. You know, as Daniel said, there's Mattermark, there's um, different alums, there's Wharton second years that you can reach out to who interned at these companies uh, or other companies this past summer. Start crafting your list now so that by the time you hit, say, December and January and recruiting starts to pick up in earnest, um, you know, you have a list of maybe eight to 10 to maybe 15, 20 companies, whatever you feel is, you're comfortable with whatever the number of companies you could potentially see yourself working at for whatever reason, be it location, be it function, be it uh, type of company, whatever it is, start making that list now um, and then just start pending names against those companies, names that you can reach out to, whether it's through LinkedIn, whether it's through the Wharton Alumni Network, whether it's someone that Maria Halpern will refer you to. But so by the time you get to second semester, you have a list of companies with a list of names attached to those companies and you can say, hey, I'm going to start reaching out to all of these within the next few weeks and just get that process rolling. And so by the time, you know, February comes around in March, you know which companies are going to be recruiting. You know which companies are likely to interview you, and you can put your hat in the ring and start recruiting aggressively.
1: And following on what Sasha was saying, it's really, really, really important to talk to a lot of people in different companies because the same role at one company might mean something completely different at another company. That's a great point. Yeah, and depending on the size of the company, it'll vary very much as well. So, for example, at Earnest, when there are two other people in the marketing team, I knew I would have a very broad exposure to all parts of marketing, but if you're joining a larger company with a larger team, you might be focused on one specific area. So get a sense of the size of the company and what that role actually means for them.
0: Yeah, a great example of that is bizdev. dev. Right? So well yeah. from biz dev actually was bizdev, But I know there's a lot of startups that pose these biz dev roles that are really sales. Right. And so you have to kind of read between the lines and figure out what it is you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with sales. It's a great role, but you need to make sure you know what you're getting into, right? So I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to give two pieces of advice. (laughs) Uh, One is um, that you should go ahead and create a Google Alert for the industry or the companies that you're interested in. I mentioned this earlier, but it's something that you should do sooner rather than later because what it will allow you to do is to get a better understanding of the differences between the different types of companies in the spaces you're looking to go into. So it's very easy, I think, for most people to... uh, miss the differences between Wealthfront and some of their competitors, for example. I get questions all the time. How how does Wealthfront differ from um, automated investor X or robo-advisor Y? And it's really obvious to me, um, even before I went to work there, because I spent so much time understanding the market in the company and talking to people that work there. And it's even more apparent to me now having been there for the summer. Um, but for an outsider, especially for somebody that just got to campus that's now interested in this stuff, they may not immediately understand what the difference is and which company might be the best fit for them. So if you start reading the the articles that are coming out, if you start reading opinions from people that understand these businesses, I think it will help you um, better orient yourself and figure out where you might best fit in. So do that sooner rather than later. Set that alert, wake up in the morning and make it the first thing you do every day. Spend 10, 20 minutes reading about a couple of the companies you're looking at. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is you need to re- reach out to a, you know a second year that intern at one of these companies. Reach out to Eva or Sasha or I. Reach out to one of the other 20 second years that interned at a, a fintech company over the summer and take them out for coffee. Ask them questions. Um, that's probably the highest information-to-noise ratio you're going to get from from any source. Um, so the, the technology is good. Use Google Alerts, but also you know just sit down and have a conversation with somebody. Um, all right. So that's the uh, that's the end of our first episode. Hopefully uh, the sound quality ends up being uh, <laughs> uh, listenable, and hopefully the content was viable for, for you first years and some of you second years that are now thinking about recruiting for startups. So I want to thank Sasha and Eva for joining me. Thanks, Uh, guys. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we will see you soon. Thanks.